Hallelujah. Amen. Let's raise our hands to everyone and worship him tonight and say, Lord, we are grateful for the gift of life. We ask that you bless us tonight and make tonight a wonderful night for all of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, answer our prayers tonight and give us double portion blessing. Help us to have double celebration this month in the name of Jesus. Give us double portion blessing. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we pray tonight. Help us to celebrate this month. Give us celebrations. Give us double portion blessing. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And the saints say, the loudest, amen. Please be seated. You are welcome tonight. You are blessed in Jesus' name. I pray that the Lord will give you testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's start from John chapter 4. All of us, let's turn to John chapter 4, beginning from verses 4 to 10. John chapter 4, verses 4 to 10. And he must need go through Samaria. Then commit it to a city of Samaria, which is called Sika, near the Passover ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's way was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. His disciples had gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, I is it that thou being a Jew, ask her drink of me, which am, am of his, a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritan. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and we see that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he will have given thee a living water. Maybe I should read four more verses. The one said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw wit, and the well is deep from wings. Then hast thou the living water? Are thou greater than our father, Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank there for himself and his children and his castle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again. Verse 14. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a way of life speaking up unto everlasting life. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a water that uh, gives you double portion. You drink of it because you are thirsty. After you finish drinking, the water also stays in you and you drink again from that water again. And I think that is double portion blessing. The inexhaustible blessing. The blessing that you take once and you begin to have it again and again. I pray the Lord will give you that kind of blessing in Jesus' name. We call it double portion blessing. I say, are you greater than our father that drank from this water and gave his cattle also and the children drank from it? Jesus said, there's one limitation with this water. If you drink from this water, you are going to be thirsty again. But the water that I give you will be a well in you. You drink it again and again. And verse 15, the woman said, give me that water so that I will never be thirsty again. Give me that water 
Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw water. That's double portion. You take it once, you have it again, and again, and again. That's the kind of blessing that God will give you in Jesus' name. That blessing means inexhaustible. You take from it, and as you are taking from it, you are getting from it again. You are taking from the blessing, you are getting from it again. That's the kind of blessing that God wants us to have. And may the Lord give you that kind of blessing in Jesus' name. How do you have double portion blessing of this kind? Number one, you need to have a relationship with God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. If you are there, you can put it for me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. What is work? Work will manifest as a result of what we do. Relationship with God will bear fruit. And fruit can reproduce itself. It can come on and on and on again. Just by having a relationship with God, you continue to bear fruit that gives you blessing. Inexhaustible blessing. Number one way to have an inexhaustible blessing or double portion is that you must have a relationship with God. Whether somebody is forcing you to attend church or you want to attend church yourself, whether you are born again or maybe you are just here, if you don't have a relationship with God, you cannot have a repeated answer over the course of life. You just discover that you are jumping up and down because you don't have an established relationship with God. It is not enough that you want to know God. God also must know you. God must know you. You must have a personal relationship with God. For so many people that are going to church, Christianity is a religion. They just come to church, take notes, pray, sing praises. But when they are alone, there is no heart in them that says that I'm connected to God. Your spirit is not bearing you witness that you are actually associated with God. If you don't have a relationship with God, you cannot have a double portion blessing. The Bible says the spirits bear witness with ourselves that we are children of God. If there's nothing as I'm talking to you that is bearing witness with you that you actually belong to God, you can enjoy double portion. Because it is when you have a relationship with God that you bear fruit. It is fruit that carries seed that will reproduce again and again. If you have a relationship with God and you have a personal testimony about what God has done, you can actually go to that God again and have that testimony repeated over times in your life because you know you have God. But if suddenly somebody gives you a gift and you don't know the person, you don't have a relationship with him, that is the end of the blessing. Everyone that enjoys repeated blessing in the Bible, John chapter 5, John chapter 9, they had not just one encounter with God, they had repeated encounter with him. That is why we say Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God. No matter how much we love you, if God does not know you, that love will not last. It does not matter how much palliative or welfare we give to you. If we give you rice, that rice will be exhausted. And before you know, you will be poor again. But if we give you God, 
and you have a relationship with God, even if we give you nothing, that God will give you what no man can give you. That is why the best gift a pastor can give any church member is God. God is the gift. Is the gift of life that you can receive. Say, I've come so that they may have life and have life abundantly. The life that you have is in him. You must build, inculcate, cherish your personal relationship with God because that is what will give you double portion blessing. In John chapter 9, he opened the eyes of the blind man. That blind man was transformed. Towards the end of the chapter of that judge of the night, he appeared to him again and said, do you know the son of man? He said, I don't know him. He said, he's the one that healed you. He said, okay, I want to know him so that I can believe in him. And the moment Jesus said, I'm he, he knelt down and worshipped him. If you don't have relationship with God, you cannot enjoy double portion blessing. All of us, in this month of double portion, should inculcate our personal relationship with him. Not the one we are forced to do. I know there are so many places where you are young. One of the reasons why students of this great city hate church and hate God so much is because most of them are from Christian home. Before they wake up in the morning, they will force them to do money devotion. So they have always seen God as something that they force on them. So they hated God. They come here to church for they come here to play music and to beat drum. But if God is involved, they will run away. Why? They have been forced to serve God since when they were young. So they think that God is a taskmaster. They don't know God. They know so much about God, but they don't have relationship with him. Only very few of them have a personal relationship with God. In fact, some of their parents will be so shocked when they know the way they behave here. Because some of them will even prefer not to come to a Christian school at all. Not prefer, you know. They have not been trained to have a personal relationship with God that they were forced on them when they were young. They force you. That's why I see somebody that have maybe done so many bad things that genuinely gave his life to Christ. That person is more zealous towards the things of God than somebody that is born into a Christian home. Somebody that is born in a Christian home can even be an attacker of Christian. Persecutors of Christian. But let God show himself to somebody and that person have an encounter, relationship with God. You'll be the one pursuing God, not God pursuing him. If you don't have a relationship with God, you cannot enjoy double portion blessing. Even in John chapter 4, Jesus revealed himself to this woman. There's nobody that knows God that will not have a double portion blessing. My prayer is that in this month of double portion, you will have a personal relationship with God. Beyond the wall of the church is your relationship. Nothing lasts in your heart more than a relationship that you have with God. What is God saying to you? Are you just doing things because other people are doing it? Or do you have a relationship with God? Do you know the God that you serve? Or do you know so much about God? Or you don't know God at all? He said those people that do know their God, they shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. God cannot lead you if you don't know him. You must know him. You must communicate with him. Not just money devotion. Not just because you are in this place. Not just because you want us to notice you. But because you know you are born again. 
and that the spirit of God dwells in you. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Are you known by God? Do you know God yourself? Is Christianity a relationship or a religion that is being forced on you? Do you have a personal relationship with God? Are you sure God is in your heart? Or you are just moving up and down? Looking so pious so that people can say that you are a Christian. Are you sure that God knows you? Or you know God? The greatest secret of having a double portion blessing is by having a relationship with God. Let me turn to your neighbor and say, do you know God? Does God know you? Do you have a relationship with him? Outside this church, do you talk to God? If you talk to him tonight, can God know you? That's number one way to have double portion. You can have double portion if you don't have a relationship with him. Number two way to have a, a double portion blessing is by living a life of compassion for people for others living a life of compassion we don't remember people that are heartless that are judgmental we remember people for the way they treated us the way they talked to us and we want to do business with anyone that is compassionate with us matthew chapter 14 verse 14 the bible says when jesus look at the people he had compassion for them and he healed them. Compassion is number two, two things that guarantee double portion. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed the sick. Behind every miracle of Jesus is compassion. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus looked at the crowd again, the Bible says he had compassion for them. For they were weak. They were stranded. They were like sheep having no shepherd. If you are going to have uh, double portion blessing, we must have compassion for people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary. They were scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Every one of us. We love people that show us compassionate love. People that can feel our pain. That understand what we are going through. See, both leaders and the led. It's just not the led alone. A lot of people don't know that most leaders are being criticized. And when you are criticized, it's all you to the bone. And invariably, you produce a wicked leader. Because he felt that nobody is attending to him. Fear that nobody's attending to him. Every one of us needs compassion. Every one of us needs feeling. Both the led and the leaders. In fact, most of the men of God that we criticize, we never know what so many of them are going through. That's why I appreciate one of my mentors, Reverend Umakbai. He's a compassionate man. And I can see what he does. That even when you are criticizing a pastor, or it's like there's an attack on him, we will call him. Show him love. Give him platform. Show him love and let him know that he's truly loved. That's what pastors need. That's what members of the church need. At times, it's not even the money. 
It's about the care and the love that we show each other. That's what even couples need. That's what children need. We need somebody that understands how we feel. You can only remember somebody that solves your problem, that shows compassion for you. Not somebody that is judging you without knowing you. The Bible says, judge not, so that you not be judged. So you look at people and look at them from their weakness point of view and decide to show compassion for them. When Jesus looked at the crowd, he had compassion for them. And maybe as a pastor, I see Jesus more as a compassionate person because I know what motivates people to carry crowd, to want to have crowd at time. It's not because they want to heal people. At time, in those big churches, it's because they want to generate money. And so we have been so used to the crowd that what they think is, let's organize seven days revival program and do it seven days very early in the morning. And you discover that deep inside their hearts, it's not about the fact that they have compassion to be a blessing to the people. It's the move to raise money. We want to build the building. And if we do seven days program, we should be able to raise so, so, so amount of money. And they will go and bring in that one prophet or somebody that will be able to raise offering. By all means, they raise money for you. I know what I'm saying. At the same time also, pastors also need to be shown compassion. Members need to be shown compassion. We need to be tender-hearted. Just as Colossians chapter 3 says, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. We need to show compassion. When we begin to show compassion, you will discover you are also building relationship with men. You are building relationship with people around you. And when you build relationship with people around you, a lot of people will be able to support you and you have double portion. Very important. Jesus lived a life of compassion for people. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. For we are not serving an high priest that is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Himself was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. Yet without sin. Without sin. Look at it. For we do not have an high priest who cannot sympathize. If Jesus can sympathize, you too can sympathize with people. Sympathize with them. Sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus was sympathizing with our weaknesses. But was in all point tempted as we are. Yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And receive mercy. And find help in time of need. Why do we come boldly to him? Because we know our master is a compassionate God. He's not a judgmental God. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's fair to all. He's the only one that understands us. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. How, why? How do we come boldly? Because we are serving a God that is compassionate, full of mercy, full of love, that understands our weaknesses, understands our emotions, understand what we are going through. He said, let us come boldly so that we can have help. We are not serving a judgmental God. He's not a mean God. He's a compassionate God so that we may obtain mercy 
and find grace to help in time of need. How do you know Jesus is a compassionate Jesus? John 11 verse 35. When Jesus saw Mary weeping, Jesus also wept. Verse 35. Jesus wept. The almighty God wept. If the almighty God can weep, our eyes should not be dry. Even to weep and to care. And when somebody say a touching testimony, we should show a compassion on what the person has gone through. You know, I know a man loved me when he had my testimony some years ago that I was attacked so many years ago. No, I was 20 years ago now. And uh, my car was taken away. That long time. And I was sharing the testimony with him on the road. And in Nedan, a provincial pastor, a man that I respected so much, I feel so much I pastor Shola Adiei. Very blessed, good, powerful, in so many ways, highly respected. Must be a regional pastor. Now, he knelt down beside the road and he was praying, almost like shedding tears for sparing my life. Even me that I was praying for, I was standing. So I could see that he was actually compassionate towards me. Didn't want anything to happen to me. Oh, and ever since he did that to me, I always have that respect for him. I can never forget the way he feel when he heard my story. You know, I felt that he's compassionate. Even when he does any other thing, I feel, oh, this man really loves me. And the same testimony I share with another man, he said, and so what? God save you, and so what? That is nonsense. And I know the man hated me. And I do everything also to avoid him. Another state pastor, if my testimony does not matter to you, my life does not matter to you. God save me from attack, and it doesn't mean anything to you. Even if I die, there's nothing. So let's show compassion. When we hear people's story, let's show compassion. Let's show that ah, God has really helped you. Let God has really helped you to overcome this and to overcome that. Let's try as much as possible to show compassion. And for all, not just for some few people, every man, every woman, every child deserves compassion. 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 You know, it's getting to a time now that uh, when something bad is happening, what people will be doing is to be filming it and be sending it. If you are a compassionate person, you should not even be feeling like watching it. You should even move away. Somebody is involved in an accident. The only thing you can think about is to bring out your phone and be recording. What a heartless generation. Or you see two students fighting and say, oh yeah, let's see who will finish each other. You are trying to put fire in the fuel to kill them. It shows that you are heartless. You are not supposed to be a human being. A human being should feel pain. And I know some of you, what we enjoy most is wrestling. When they are beating each other. Oh, it's coming. It's beating him. It shows the state of your heart. You are wicked. I don't believe boxing and wrestling is a game. I don't care how muscular you are. Anything that is splitting pain on human being should touch you. Should not be something that you want to do. You should not breed heartless people. One child, they show a particular child in, an, in, an, in a video, and he said, when I grow up tomorrow, I want to be a killer. I want to kill so many human beings. Five years old. I don't know how many of you watch it. And they said that, why we want to kill people? He said, because it gives me joy to kill human beings. He said, what about your father? And brother? I said, well, I may spare them, but I love, I may kill them. I can say, what will we be killing them with? He said, with a gun. I want to kill them with a gun. 
I like killing people. When I see people die, I'm happy. They say, why are you happy when you see people die? He said, because that's the kind of film that I watch. Yeah. There are some of the things that you call them... Uh, I don't know what you call the number of the film that the children are watching. I can't, I can't remember. But you expose these children to some wickedness. That when they grow up, they will turn your neck backward and kill you. Because you have allowed them to be very wicked. Watch what they are playing with. Watch what they are playing with. You know, when I see some of the things that you will send around, ah, at times I see that your heart is not flexible. It's far from God. Completely. What you send around. So, and some of you, you allow your children to watch. You say it's fun. It's not fun. I don't know what they call it. But any act of wickedness, any heart of wickedness should not be exposed to children. Allow them to be compassionate, to be loving, to be caring. Not killing people. Not killing people. Don't raise brutal people. Raise people that will be compassionate, that will have human touch. That will have human touch. Yeah, because those people like that, even when they grow up tomorrow, they will be a wife or, or wife bitter or men bitter. Depending on how you call them. Try as much as possible to live a compassionate life. Because that is how you have a double portion blessing. Be compassionate. Be comp when you are compassionate, you build friends. When you build friends, your friends remember you. And you must be compassionate to all. To all. Not just to few, but to the children, to the leader, to everybody. They should know you are compassionate. And when you are compassionate, you will not be judgmental. You will be loving. Let's live a life of compassion. A life of compassion will give us what? Double portion blessing. Even as we are preaching to people, let's preach with a heart of compassion. When you preach with a heart of compassion, or you maybe the students are calling each other for fellowship, and you call them to fellowship with a heart of compassion and love, they eventually follow you. They will see that you genuinely love them, not because you are just forcing them. Let's preach the gospel with compassion. When Jesus looked at the crowd, he always have compassion for them. He said, these people are weak. They have no shepherd, and he will help them. May the Lord help us to be compassionate in Jesus' name. Alright, number three thing that gives us double portion blessing is to live a life of responsibility. Let's live a life of responsibility. You know, at times, I feel that one of the reasons why this society is going the way it's going is because not many people are actually responsible to their duty. One of the fathers, uh, father of one of our students was calling me, whether on Monday or Tuesday, complain about the son, complain about this and that. And I said, sir, with due respect, you are not responsible you and your wife, you are not responsible. You don't care about the life of this boy. When the boy was complaining to you, that he's not doing anything, he has not gone for teaching practice because he didn't pay. Did you invite him back to your house to come and stay with you? That okay, I don't have money, but come back home and come and be do what I'm doing. Or what did you do for him? Say, I just left him in Oshogo. I said to be doing what? 
to be roaming around, sitting with drunkard and uh, weed smokers. He told you that I cannot go to school to do gym practice. A grown-up boy, you left him in Oshobo. And you did not care for him for six months. You could not raise 60,000 because things were bad. But are you responsible as a father that, okay, I cannot raise the 60,000, the 30,000, but come and stay with me. Come work with me. I just want to be seeing you in the morning. But he said, I can feel it now. I say, you see, you are failing in your responsibility. And if you want this boy to take care of you in future, you must be responsible to him now. You have to show him concern that he belongs to you. You have to fulfill your responsibility as a father. I know so many people don't want to fulfill their responsibility. They are just looking for somebody that will help them carry their burden. And God is not a joker. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you are not responsible to things you should be responsible to, when it is time of harvest and to reap harvest, you will not reap it. It is not a cause. God wants us to assume the position of responsibility. If you are not responsible, you cannot have double portion of blessing. Cannot have double portion. We must be responsible as a parent, as adults, we must be responsible. You cannot just live anyhow. Even as a student, you must be responsible for your assignments. You must be responsible now for your assignment as a student. Okay, they have given you money. They have paid your school fees. Your responsibility is to make sure you score A's and pass. I know also a, a lady that they, they come from Oyo. Anytime the father comes, he says, oh, yeah, I'm pretty resorted. Eh? I want to see that. And anytime he sees B, the father's eye will change. You will be here. What are you doing? You will not score A. One day he was complaining and uh, Mommy came out from the office. She tried now. I said, Can you try? But I knew Lagi. She will go car with Nikosi pass. Let's go to KMB. I said, Looking at the man. Yes. Say, I want you to pass. Because you are a student. I am working. I don't ask you to work. So, what are you doing with your time? So, the father is expecting much from her. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. If you want to reap, you must be responsible. John chapter 12, verse 24. Except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. If it dies, it brings forth much fruit. When you assume responsibility, there will be much more affairs for you. Not just waking up and just saying, anything that will happen, let it happen. You are responsible. You are willing to do what is needful. You are using your time judiciously. You are managing your resources very well. You are saying, Lord, I will do my best. That's what I will normally tell my children. Put in all your best. And I'm okay with your best. And I know by the time they put in their best, they will pass very well. I will do my best as a father. You must do your best as a student. Focus what you have gone to school to do. Be responsible. Let all of us be responsible. And before you know it, we are going to produce a healthy family. A prosperous family. All of us, we are working in our own way. And before you know what is happening, everything is going on well. The only way to get double portion is when we are responsible. We are willing to do our part. 
you must be willing to do your part this month what is my part that i must do if you don't have money enough be caring enough call your children pray for them i know you will do well as you are going to school it is well with you god will go with you let the children feel that the father is committed to them let the children also be committed to their books not that because you have a iphone after you have committed lies that you need iphone to do one assignment you now use that iphone to be chatting and be watching film and at the end of it all you score all manner of f there are some that the parents are not even as rich as some of you and they are scoring hey and there are some that the parents will come not because they have the money and pay all the money at once and the children will be scoring f bf because you are never serious you are never responsible responsibility is the biggest price for greatness greatness is double portion if you are going to have double portion you must be willing to pay the price for double portion blessing you have to tarry you have to burn the candle you have to do your part do your part and as a parent be willing to do your part be willing to do your part don't just ignore don't ignore your responsibility thinking that the teacher in school will do it or thinking that oh the sunday school teacher will do it sunday school teacher don't have much time children teacher don't have more time with your children and most of the time when they are teaching them they are like maybe four or five or ten so the mentoring belongs to you the mentoring i don't think the body in school will solve the problem body school will not solve the problem body school can never solve any problem because most lazy parents will push their children to boarding school. All of them will meet to be teaching themselves. Even the teachers, they don't have time. So don't think anybody has time to change your destiny. Everybody must be responsible. When we become responsible adults, our life will change and we are going to have double portion blessing. If you are lazy today, in the morning, when you are young, you will work hard in your night season. Because you have played when you're supposed to work. If you work very hard now and you assume responsibility and you are doing what you should do, you will have a lot of time to rest when you are old. And you have a lot of time to play. Play now and work later. Or you work now and you play later. The Bible says it is good for a man to bear his body in the days of his youth. When you are young is the time to assume responsibility. That's how to enjoy double portion blessing. Whatever you sow today when you are young, you are going to reap it tomorrow. You will reap it in abundance and in double fold. This is the best time to know that this is my duty. I must do it. That is the life of Joseph. That is the life of David. Look at Joseph. If all our covenant father were responsible people, how can Jacob say to Laban, ever since you employed me, no animal was missing? The Lord has blessed you mightily. It was few that you had when I came. Look at how it has become. How can a single man boast of a whole company success? The man was actually in charge. He was doing well. So he could negotiate his wages. Joseph, our covenant fathers also, was also a responsible man in his father's house, in Potiphar's house, in prison, not only in prison, even as a prime minister, he said, God has made me a lot to Pharaoh. 
You can't have influence in life if you are not a responsible person. How can you have influence when you are not responsible to anybody? Who will commit something to your trust when you are not a responsible person? He said, ah, that one, you want to give him. Don't give him more. He's not responsible. He will just go away. You will not see him. He's not responsible. Be a responsible adult. Joseph was responsible. David was responsible. Let no man's heart fail him because of this girl. I will fight him. I will go. Esther was responsible. Such chapter 4 verse 16. If I perish, I perish. I will go. You have to be responsible. Don't just occupy position. And you cannot actually defend the title that you carry. Be a responsible adult. When you are responsible, you will enjoy double portion. Let's stand up on our feet tonight. We are talking about double portion blessing. Double portion blessing begins with having a relationship with God. Personal relationship with God. We are not just playing here. We are talking about God knowing you and you knowing God. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Father, I have a relationship with you. I'm not a stranger to the kingdom of God. I know what I'm doing. Anytime I come to church, I am serving a living God. Anytime I'm outside the church, I know God is my father. I have a relationship with God. I am not playing religion. And if you know you are not playing religion, I want you to talk to God and say, I know who I am. I know that I'm following God. I know that I'm serving God. I'm not serving him because of anybody. I know him deep in my heart. There's a testimony in my heart that the God that I serve liveth. The God that I know is living. The God that I know can save me. The God that I know can deliver me. I am serving a living God. I am serving a living God. I am serving a living God. I have a personal relationship with God. I have a personal relationship with God. There are so many people in church that don't have a relationship with God. They can stay 20 years, but God does not know them. I know God knows me. I have a living witness that God is inside my heart. Is God in your heart tonight? I want to talk to you. I know God and God knows me. God knows me very well. I am his child. I am not a stranger in God's house. I am blessed because God is with me. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayer. Let's raise our hands to and say, Father, I receive grace to be compassionate even for people. I will have compassion for all, for the young, for the old, and for everybody. I will give them excuses and I will be compassionate for them in the name of Jesus. Let's pray for grace to be compassionate. Grace to be compassionate. Lord, I receive it tonight. Grace for compassion for people not to be judgmental. I receive tonight grace for compassion. I want to show compassion for the weak, for the strong. Lord, help me to be compassionate in the mighty name of Jesus. Enough of judging ourselves and judging others. I receive grace to show compassion. Compassion is the only thing that can win souls for Christ. I receive grace to show compassion and to show love for people. Lord, help me to understand people and to show compassion for them. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Raise your right hand to heaven. I receive grace to be responsible 
I will not fail God. I will not fail my family. I will not fail the church of God. I'll be a responsible adult. Go ahead. I want you to pray tonight. I receive grace to be responsible. Not somebody that will occupy title and not be responsible. I receive grace to be responsible in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, give me grace to be responsible in the name of Jesus. Help me to be responsible, Lord. Help me to be responsible in Jesus' mighty name we have prayer. Let's open our eyes. God wants us to have influence in our world. That is the only way we can be blessed. God told me, tell your people to have influence. They should not just occupy position. They should have influence. And I say, how can they have influence? God said, tell everyone to be responsible for his position. If I fail, ah, God forbid, I will not fail. But Lord, I will make sure that I'm responsible. Whatever I'm supposed to do, I will do it without giving excuses. I will do. You can't be working and you are giving excuses. It shows that you are a failure. It shows that you are a failure. How can you be given an assignment and you are failing? You can't fail in your assignment. Whatever God has committed to your hand, you will not fail. Amen. You will not fall. Amen. You will be a responsible person. Amen. A manager of resources. Amen. A manager of human beings. Say, Father, I will not fail. I will be responsible. I will be dutiful. I will be a good steward. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive grace to be responsible tonight. I will have influence. I can't just occupy a seat in the church. I'm not influencing somebody. I receive grace to be a responsible person. Lord, I receive grace. No more excuses. Lord, it is my turn to be responsible. And I will not fail you. As a father, I will not fail you. As a mother, I will not fail you. As a builder in the church, I will not fail. I receive grace to be responsible. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will occupy my position effectively. I receive grace to be responsible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayer. Father, as we take this Holy Communion, we receive grace for influence. We receive grace for responsibility. We receive grace, Lord, to be compassionate. We receive grace to know you more. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed.